the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. The White House believes in corporate tax cuts spark economic growth and boost incomes. Correspondent Greg Clugston has more. President Trump's top economist says the plan to reduce the corporate tax rate from 35% to 20% could increase the size of the U.S. economy by $1.2 trillion over a decade. Kevin Hassett, who chairs the White House Council of Economic Advisors, also says the lower rates could slash the U.S. trade gap in half and boost average household incomes by $4,000 a year. The president is pressing Congress to pass a tax overhaul this year. Greg Clugston, the White House. Puerto Rico's governor demanding that the island's power company cancel the $300 million contract with Whitefish Energy Holdings amid increased scrutiny of the Montana company following Hurricane Marina. Maria. More details at srnnews.com. Michael Medved doesn't understand why race has to come into everything. I don't know what it is Frederica Wilson, the Congress lady from Florida, is talking about. Why is empty barrel a racist term? The term empty barrel was originally invoked by William Shakespeare. He wrote that an empty vessel makes the loudest sound. There's been too much noise and too little truth on this whole issue, it seems to me. The Michael Medved Show, afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the second half of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, so don't go anywhere. But first, from the Blue Ox Heating and Air Weather Center, here's a quick look at your forecast. Today, a high of 44 degrees with a good chance of rain through most of today. A high of 39 with mostly cloudy skies for Monday. A high of 36 and partly cloudy for Tuesday. And a high of 43 degrees and rain likely through most of Wednesday. Stay tuned. It's the second half of the Narn right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, going on uh, 15 years dominating Twin Cities. No, 15, 14 years dominating Twin Cities talk radio. It's hard to keep track of all the numbers after a while. They just get to be so big. Uh, blog is 15 years old. Show is going on 14, just past four, uh, 13 and a half years Dominating Twin Cities weekend talk radio, ergo dominating the part of Twin Cities talk radio that actually matters these days. Uh, welcome, uh, everyone. My name, not Brad Carlson. This uh, the closer edition of the Northern Alliance, but I am Mitch Berg. Brad is off on assignment today, and I'm doing what I periodically do, uh, what Brad and I periodically do, visit each other's uh, shows just to see how things are going, check out what the other day is like, have a little fun, just kind of playing in somebody else's playhouse. As... Uh, as uh, Jeremy Clarkson from the automotive show Top Gear uh, once upon a time said, the fastest sh- car in the world is a rented Toyota Corolla. And the, the edgiest talk show in the world is the one that you don't actually uh, have your name on. So similarly, no, I'm not going to go over the top here. At least no more over the top than uh, than Brad goes here. But uh, he'll be back next week. I'll be back on my usual Saturday show uh, next week, every Saturday from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Big show today. We've got Senator Dave Osmick, a GOP candidate for governor of Minnesota, uh, joining us here shortly. And I will be uh, talking with him about our usual variety of subjects, plus the new one, his uh, his candidacy for governor. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, a little later on in the broadcast here today. We're waiting on Senator Osmeck to show up even as we speak here. The uh, It's been an interesting uh, couple of years in not just politics, but really the, the part of politics that in some ways has the greatest effect on, on life. And I'm not even ta- I'm not talking about 
individual policies. I'm not even talking about spending or the the degradation that that government has inflicted upon our society, even just in my lifetime. I mean, I was a baby, a toddler when Lyndon Johnson enacted the Great Society. And after the New Deal, uh, that was probably the single most corrosive uh, set of government policies in the history of, of the American Republic. Uh, did more to undermine the the notion of freedom and self-sufficiency and, and the notion of the individual than anything else in our society, in my lifetime, certainly. So far, I mean, Barack Obama took a good, solid run at it. George W. Bush didn't help much, and goodness only knows what the future holds unless the American people, and by the American people, I mean the 40-some percent that are committed to voting progressive over and over and over again, uh, don't wake up and smell the, the, the coffee. And I don't mean the espresso they serve at those hipster coffee shops on the North Loop. I mean the figurative coffee, uh, <laughs> the, the fact that reality is snipping at your heels here and the, uh, the, 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 the path this country has been taking for the past 50 years, for my entire cognitive lifetime and then some, is leading us down the path that Venezuela has taken, uh, although considerably slower. We have a much stronger economy than uh, the fundamentals, as John McCain once upon a time said before he uh, lost it, were uh, are, are fundamentally strong. And we can withstand a lot of, I don't know, self-inflicted damage uh, more than, say, Venezuela can. But you look at what's happening in places like Minneapolis, you can see we're well on the way there. One of the leading candidates, in fact, the greatest single fundraiser in the history of the Minneapolis City Council is the socialist candidate for for one of the downtown seats. I believe it's downtown or the Wedge or one of those freaky deaky hipster neighborhoods. Uh, the name is Ginger Jansen, I think. Anyway, she's raised more money than anyone in the history of Minneapolis City Council elections, over 144000 bucks, And that is three times as much as it used to take to get elected to the Minnesota House or Senate from a, from a district in Minneapolis or St. Paul. So that's some pretty serious money going in to elect someone who wants to enact the same policies that Bernie Sanders promoted, which is to say someone who wants to enact the same policies that... That Hugo Chavez, and for that matter, Fidel Castro, enacted in their respective countries. So that's dangerous. But we got one thing that might even be more dangerous here. I'm a, I'm a writer, at least I fancy myself one. I write a blog every day. I've got one book out. I've been writing for some form of a living or another since I was 16 years old, even if only news or PR copy, or my blog, or whatever. I was a technical writer for a stretch, so some of it I got paid for, some of it I got paid fairly well for. But it's all writing. Language matters to me. I mean, it's sort of the family business. My my grandmother was an English teacher. My father was an English and speech teacher. Speech has been sort of my line of work for quite some time. Communications, in one form or another, has been my stock in trade my entire life whether it's the written word, the spoken word, or a piece of software that tries to say, here's how you use me to get a job done. That's kind of what I do. So language matters to me. Communication matters to me. And one of the scariest things about the book 1984 by George Orwell is the fact that the Big Brother's end goal was to affect the English language, to take all potentially divisive meaning out of it so that basically thought would no longer support dissent because the language would no longer have terms for dissent in it. It was to convert English to something called duck speak, which meant basically just a bunch of simple stripped down syllables that would cater to life's basic needs. Food, changing diapers, shelter. That's about it. The terms that would prompt one to think about dissent would be vanquished from the language. And when you think about it, the control of the language is thought control in real life. And by that standard, Big Left is exercising thought control over you, certainly your kids if they're in an institution of higher learning, what we used to call institutions of higher, higher learning, now we're calling indoctrination centers, and, and throughout our media. Here's the deal. Back in the 80s, I had, I had a conversation with someone who fancied themselves a progressive at the time. And 
I called baloney on her use of the term Holocaust to describe, I'll say again, I called baloney on her use of the term Holocaust to describe welfare reform. This this woman, girl, really, she's 22, a uh, college graduate uh, from a prestigious local school and, and political science program, referred to welfare reform, wanting to get more bang for our buck out of our welfare state system, as a holocaust, equating welfare reform with packing people into trains and driving them off to, to the ovens, to the gas chambers. It was a pattern 30 years ago. It's a pattern among abusive people any time. Question them in any way, and they will frame their response to you in the most emotional possible terms, terms that you have to be committed to. You have to match them emotion for emotion, or you have to walk away from the argument. And when it comes to politics, the argument you walk away from is usually the one you lose. So if you don't want to argue about welfare reform in terms of holocausts, and cultural genocide, then you really don't get to debate the term. And, and if you're debating with some nobody on the subject, then who cares? You walk away. But the debate isn't against the nobodies these days. It's against the people who are teaching your kids. It's against the people who are running your kids' public school districts and university departments and the nonprofits that they'll be dealing with as they go through any interactions they have with the public sector in their lives, having for fend. This was a pattern 30 years ago. And it's accelerating. The, the term du jour these days is white supremacy. And it's, it's turning into a completely dependably predictable term to use to refer to anybody who dissents from the social justice warfare, uh, warrior party line piece that came out in Bloomberg this past week about the popularization of this term to basically shut down all dissent. Quote, the term was popularized by academic race theory, where it seems to have largely replaced previous terms of art like, quote, institutional racism, end quote, or, quote, systematic racism, end quote. Now, it's migrating out of the ivory tower and into everyday discourse, puzzling the millions of Americans who are used to an older, narrower meaning. Well, it's all what a good marketeer would call branding. Back to Bloomberg. It's easy to see why writers and academics find the term appealing. Institutional racism conjures up images of beige carpeted offices and rows of desks. Systematic racism sounds like some sort of plumbing problem. White supremacy, on the other hand, packs a visceral punch that commands the reader's attention because they're describing something that needs attention. It's used to have, useful to have a phrase that does the job. Now, there is a little matter of it being a matter of crying wolf. If you call everything white supremacy, then truly nothing is white supremacy. You look at the, back to the Bloomberg piece, quote, nonetheless, using white supremacy this way, by the, by the way, this is articles written by a liberal, <laughs> is a mistake. It leads to confusion in the national conversation because opposing sides are using a critical term in very different ways. It hampers our ability to discuss the phenomenon that the anti-racists actually want to discuss. And ultimately, if we continue to use it this way, it will lose the very emotional resonance that made it an appealing substitute for more clinical terms. Now, this term is, this article actually is very much worth a read. It was in Bloomberg News. I linked to it on a blog post entitled, uh, Be Careful Who You Call a White Supremacist. And it's a piece written by a woman named Megan McArdle. Many of you are familiar with her. She's a Bloomberg View columnist. She's written for the Daily Beast, for Newsweek, The Atlantic, The Economist. She's probably a moderate, maybe even slightly center-left, but she generally writes good stuff. She's generally worth reading for someone who's not a fire-breathing conservative. I think she's wrong about this. Uh, no, not she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's just a tad Pollyanna-ish, I think. Just a tad Pollyanna-ish, because she assumes that both sides have an interest in maintaining the, the traditional canonical meaning of the term white supremacy. Well, if you're a conservative, you think white supremacy means people who actively want to re-enslave non-white people, or whatever their race is, because you don't have to be white to be a white, well, you do have to be a white supremacist, you do have to be white, I'll give them that much. 
But that implies on Megan McArdle's part a, a, some sort of good faith that what you actually seek is uh, understanding. That's the problem with the battle for the language. One side doesn't just want to understand uh, people to understand each other and reach a, a consensus. It's about beating the other side down. You and I all have to watch out for this. We talk about this whenever it pops up. There'll be much more that to come. Senator Dave Osmek, when we come back, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, my gosh. That's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me. Are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot. I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so. Sorry, we recognize you from those Nugenics commercials. Oh, yeah? That's great. So does Nugenics really work? Oh, yeah. I really can feel the difference. My workouts are better, and I feel a lot more energetic. I wish my husband would use Nugenics. It's so easy to get started. All you have to do is send one simple text. Text the word PRIME22 to 321-321 for a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics. The number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And you're going to like the difference, too. Text PRIME22 to 321-321 for a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. Samples are not available in stores. Text PRIME22 to 321-321. If you're part of a small business, please listen for the next 55 seconds. Paladin Law's Larry Frost may save you thousands of dollars. Don't let the pace of your business blind you to the laws you have to follow, even if you don't know they exist. Larry specializes in small business law, forming companies, writing and litigating contracts, advising you before you get in legal trouble. Avoiding disputes with suppliers, clients, and the government is a lot cheaper than solving disputes. Here is Larry Frost of Paladin. Paladin Law. My goal is to meet with you and discuss your unique situation. Together, let's see if you need legal representation. If you do, I will work with you to take the legal actions needed so you can concentrate on running your business undistracted by legal worries or conflicts. I know you'll sleep better at night once you know that you're protected. Larry came from a military family and spent 27 years serving in the Marines and Army. Paladin Law will bring the same ethics and teamwork to your business. Paladin Law. Have law, will travel. PaladinLawMN.com. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? We are happy to inform you that there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. It's a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. You choose your doctor and hospital, starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all kids. For more info, visit LibertyHealthShare.org. That's LibertyHealthShare.org. TheFishTwinCities.com is home to the best in today's Christian music. The best melodies. The top artists. And the greatest message. Listen on TheFishTwinCities.com and with the free mobile app. The Fish Twin Cities, safe for the whole family. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. The number to call should you care to join us, and I hope you do. We're also on hashtag N A R N, that is short for Northern Alliance Radio Network, monitoring all the conversations spanning the globe to get into a good rhubarb with you, the listeners. By the way, standing orders, if you disagree with me, if you are a liberal, if you dissent, even if you're a conservative who dissents from what I have to say, uh, standing orders with uh, the production staff is you get to the front of the queue. So by all means, unlike the shows on the other side, the blogs on the other side, the, the things appearing on, on uh, oh, I'll say, the state-sponsored uh, radio network, if you disagree with me, you cut to the front of the line. Maybe the only place in your life you get to do that without getting smacked down. I mean, I may smack you down anyway, but it'll be purely verbal in this case. What the heck am I talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next. Uh, my pleasure to welcome back to the broadcast, a uh, longtime friend of this broadcast, Senator and GOP gubernatorial candidate Dave Osmek joins us. Dave, welcome back to the broadcast. Good afternoon, conservative infidels. That's right. I, I'm here to give you a game today. A game. A I game. love games. This is a game based upon 
your taxpayer dollar. Oh, really? Now yes. you you come on this. You've been coming on this show for years, showing the games that get played with our taxpayer dollars. But this is literally a game. Game. This is a real game, wow. uh, folks. This is what your taxpaying dollars have gone to pay. This is the legacy funds. So okay. right away, you should be suspicious on what's happening with your legacy funds. I always am. <laughs> so um, I got uh, I got wind of this thing, uh, and that's why I called you up and said, "God, you got to have me in for this one," because I want to get your reaction to this. Because you're in the programming area, I, you, you know how this. I works. do a little bit of work with software, yeah. right? So um, we paid thirty two hundred and ninety dollars this year out of the legacy funds for. Mm-hmm. A programmer, and her actually, she is now an associate professor at professor at Michigan State University. No surprise whatsoever, right? To which, incidentally, we're wondering why a Michigan State professor is getting legacy money. Of course, we are. <laughs> and I think Lansing and Minnesota are a little. There's a little different difference of of, of space. We, we, we don't technically pay for them, but we're we're paying her. By the way, the, the legacy fund for those who don't live mm-hmm. and breathe politics is. That is, we voted to tax ourselves back in 2008. Uh-huh. We had the Legacy Amendment That's where right. we added a tax. I forget what the percentage was, but we, we get millions and millions and millions of dollars <laughs> for us to spend on clean water, clean, you know, clean you know, environmental things, and as arch. well as artsy, oh, artsy. Boy. So uh, this, uh, this professor got 3200 a part of it, uh, a grant from uh, the Arrowhead uh, Arts Board. Is the one? Is the culprits who did it? What could go wrong? Right. What happens is with legacy money, we actually appropriate it, and then it gets sent out to all of the arts boards. It gets sent to the historical society. It gets sent. It gets sent out, and then they make decision on where this money gets spent. Another term for it is a transfer of wealth from the taxpayers to the political class. Something to that effect. No, no. So it is, and you can go out there and get it, folks. Uh, I downloaded it on Thursday, and we're going to play this game right here in the studio. I know on the radio it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but yeah. you can go download it. It's called Thunder's, uh, Thunderbird Strike. And I hear this, and I'm thinking the Thunderbirds, the Air Force demonstration team, is doing bombing practice and dropping precision bombs into teacups or something. Oh, no. no? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. darn. That, that's a game I would love to play. This is what I have referred to as... Uh, the eco-terrorist version of Angry Birds. <laughs> okay, I knew this this would get you. So right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start this baby up, and you use the arrow keys, and you know, we'll we'll start playing the game here, and I'll show it to you. you. Use the arrow keys. I have my Surface Pro here. Okay. Use the arrow keys to move your bird around, and then you use the space bar to shoot. And what you do is your bird. Uh, will eventually come up. Okay, so I'm on the homepage, Thunderbird Strike, right. thunderbirdstrike.com. I hit play. I hit play. Right. And what we have, I'm, uh, the screen is changing. We've got a map of Minnesota, and right. it comes up as kind of a tasteful parchment map over the load process. And we have something that looks like something's falling over the state of Minnesota. There's there's doleful heavy metal music. Uh, images of pollution and mining. Oh, I think it's saying mining is yes, bad. Yes. We have a buffalo uh, steak running across the. So this is a long build up to a game. I got to say. Yep. This is not great radio. I'm doing. It's putting my uh, my my play by play skills to the test here. We've got animals skeletonizing themselves yeah. here. So apparently pollution is bad. Okay. That's, right. That's a long load. So now the first version of this, you're going to see. Uh, the the bird will come up on this top. I of got the, the bird. There's a bird. Okay. There's an eagle flapping right. along with his internal organs highlighted. Right. For what some you want to do is you want to move the bird up and collect a lightning from the top of the screen. Collect lightning. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm at the top of the screen. Lightning is charging me up. Right. Now you go down yeah. and you push the space bar when you're over the trucks. See those 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 Oops. mining trucks. I those see the mining trucks. trucks. Yes. Oh, I think I zapped out the game. So the idea is to bomb the truck. Oh, I blew, up, blew up a mining a truck. truck. There you go. Oh, I wonder if I have enough power left to get another one here. This is this is right. riveting stuff. And when you need more oh, energy, need more, you, you go more. up and you collect more lightning. Collect more lightning. Then you go down and you bomb another truck. Oh, I need a lot more lightning. And do, do you bring some of these skeletonized animals back to yes, life? Yes, you can. You can go down. See, if you don't want to kill the trucks, then you can go down and bring the skeletonized uh, animals back to life oh, that with truck. the same Just, lightning. I vape that truck. Oh, Lord. Master Chief, you've met your match. This is, uh, this is riveting stuff here. This is a game that would probably... Be embarrassed by video game technology of the mid-1980s. This is sort of like 
Sort of like joust for eco-terrorists. I have. That's why I call this the eco-terrorist version of Angry Birds. Yeah. It also looks like it was programmed on a Commodore 64. And for it those does. of you who are programmers, you understand what that reference was this, in 1985. This is a flash game. And by the way, I think I've had enough. I haven't been okay. able to bring okay. any okay. skeletons back to life. <laughs> uh, the the <laughs> This is... It was... Uh, this this game it looks like a flash game that was done by uh, by junior high kids in a flash yeah. programming class and the, I, I don't know what they used to program it uh, for thirty two hundred bucks you could have gotten several of them from junior high kids back throughout the two thousands but but they got money from your taxpayer dollar what this is is a game according to the people who wrote the grant right. this is to teach you about environmental the environmental degradation and how we should be blowing up Embridge Line 3 and not building rebuilding it because <laughs> oil lines are evil and right. it's going to despoil it's going to be terrible for the environment it's going to kill all the animals kill all the fish that's what they're trying to teach you. That's what the grant was said to be, and that's where $3,290 of your money went. $3,290 for a game that probably took someone all of an evening or two to program. I mean, it literally, for those of you who program, it's literally a Flash game. I don't know if it's Flash, but it's the equivalent of an old Flash game, moving a bird around to drop lightning bolts on trucks. That's it. This is the sort of stuff that you had better games examples of in the 1980s, folks. $3,300 yep. of your money went into this. Well, and then it proceeds. After you get through the first round, which oh. is the trucks, then you can bomb, you can put your lightning strikes on pipes. Oh. So you blow up pipelines, and then there's refineries you can start blowing up. Wow. So you're, you are teaching people that it is good to have eco-terrorism, and it's good to blow things up. Wow. Uh, and the, the the professor, after we actually started highlighting this, the professor got really snotty in an interview with some left-wing uh, journalistic organization that, that asked me for a comment. Um, they, they said, <laughs> well, he probably didn't even download it. Oh, no, I downloaded it on Thursday and saw exactly what this piece of junk was. <laughs> <laughs> that that this person programmed again. This could have been done by a this could have been done by a junior high school kid. I've seen better, more imaginative games done in Flash, which no longer exists, by the way. By uh, by by junior high kids, exactly. This is a high school gaming project that that someone would knock out over the weekend if they were sixteen or under. Well, how about this one? If the arts board, this is Arrowhead, the Arrowhead Arts Board put this, gave this person this money for this project. Of course, if, they did. If we if we created, oh, let's say a video game where you flew over as an avenging angel and started killing, oh, let's say uh, abortion doctors, or or a, you had a big gun floating through and shooting uh, shooting protesters. Oh, yeah, yeah, a, big, a, big, a big tear gas launcher gassing uh, anti-faz. Exactly. Or how about this one? How about we create a game where protesters are marching down Interstate 94 in St. Paul, and you have you are the person standing on the overpass throwing rocks and concrete blocks on top of them. We had that game in 1980. It was called Space Invaders. Well, you did, but we also <laughs> had that game sort of in, in this year when they were, the protesters are going down there. And people. Anyway, yeah, I, we, we're not going to go into that. Yeah. But sim simply said, this is this stupidest waste of money in my entire life and it's it's really telling because even the democrats aren't trying to defend this one really that amazes not me yet quite free yeah that so so and 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 the only th the thing about it that that bothers me the most other than the other than the message such as it is i mean using using gamification to teach eco-terrorism on, on your dime the thing that bothers me the most is that that our expect expectations of our government uh, have gotten so out of whack that I think, well, it's a horrible, stupid, inflammatory idea that that is designed to teach kids to you know, to numb kids to the idea of eco terrorism. But it's only three thousand bucks. I mean, you yourself have told us about things uh, in your segments on this broadcast over this last, I don't know, almost ten years now mm -hmm. that, uh, that that cost so much more and do so much more tangible damage. I'm almost thinking three thousand bucks. That's pocket change on the LRT. Uh, it's a rounding error. By the way, That's we've right. got those new numbers here, too, today that we can let's, go over. Let's hold that till after the break, yeah. because this is this is going to take more than the, the minute we're going to have here before the break. You are, of course, running for governor. Yes. Uh, so, so obviously, we're 
And I'll give you full disclosure in the audience right now. I'm uh, I'm representing and uh, Dave's campaign uh, on the east side of the river here. So, uh, so I'm just in the interest of full disclosure. There is that. How's the campaign going, Dave? Excellent, excellent. We're continuing to make progress. We've got good candidates. I am not running against any of the Republicans. I am running against Democrats. I am calling out Two Faced Tim Walls. That's what I'm calling him. Oh yeah, Two Faced Tim Walls, who for years and years and years said, "I love my NRA endorsement. I support your." Second Amendment rights right up until I run for governor and I get probably the most liberal uh, liberal lieutenant governor candidate you could possibly find a a Bernie Sanders gun grabbing uh, woman from uh, the West Side. And he now renounces everything, gives all the money back. That's but, how we're dealing with this but, person. But he considers himself a respected go-between between uh-huh. the shooters and the antis. Oh, no uh-huh. more, uh-huh. Representative uh-huh. Waltz. Much more about when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. An important message from Medicare. It's Medicare Open Enrollment, now through December 7th. Time to go online and look at all your Medicare plan choices. Like prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans from private insurers. Look for lower costs, more benefits. I'm open to that. Every year, plans change. So can your health needs. Open to something better? Start today. Use the tools at Medicare.gov. Or call 1-800-MEDICARE. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities. And their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets, and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd, only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. AM1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Quick reminder, two weeks from tonight, my one of my bands, the Supreme Soviet of Love, is having its album release party at O'Gara's. Stop by, uh, doors open at uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, opening act, Elephant in the Room, goes on stage at uh, 6.30. And, of course, the album release party for our debut album, Seat Red starts at uh, eight o'clock sharp, and and by the way, don't worry, you'll be home by uh, you'll be home by ten o'clock. Have no fear. We're looking about an hour worth of music. So you'll be out of there at nine. 
uh, home by 10. But it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to getting a few hundred, hopefully, of my closest friends there to show up and uh, and check out uh, the tunage. It'll be a lot of fun here. So we're talking with uh, Senator Dave Osmeck. I'm Mitch Berg, of course, in for Brad Carlson today. Senator Osmeck, of course, one of our traditions here, uh, at least once a year, we get together and talk about the the progress <laughs> of our of our light rail system here in uh, in the metro area. Of course, you've gone on record pretty consistently against the uh, Southwest light rail. We'll talk about that in a moment here. But uh, looking at the results of this past year in 2016 on the Blue or Hiawatha and the Green or Central lines, uh, tell us a little bit about this next, this last year's action on the uh, on the light rail front. Well, progress or regress? I, I, I'll <laughs> go with regress. Um, Funny thing is, the media loves and Met Council will love to tell you about, well, we got increased ridership, increased ridership. You didn't hear anything about that lately, have you? Uh, Reason being? It's, it's, I'm going to guess uh, it's increasing so fast they're tired of reporting about all the success. Oh, Wrong. Darn. Wrong, because ridership is now down. It is, really. Okay. It was us. over 23 million in 2015. It was over 23 million. Now it's just under 23 million, but it went down. And they don't want to talk about how the fact that the ridership went down. But the other thing they don't want to talk about is their expenses. The ridership went down, but their expenses went up by 2.6% over the previous year. Really? So the riders now, last year, were paying about $0.97 cents for every ride. And I'm going to get to the bottom of how many how, how a ride is calculated, because I think if you get on the green line, transfer at, the metro, at, the, at U.S. banks uh, to the blue line and go out to the airport, I think you're counted twice. Oh. But I have to ask them how they're counting them. But now, uh, ninety-seven cents was last year. This year, riders are paying about a buck. Wow. So, congratulations, <laughs> riders are paying more money, and and it's finally they're getting a little closer. But it, that's not making up for the actual cost because the actual cost, the subsidy, has gone up to six dollars and eleven cents when you include amortized costs of the bonds because. Unless you think unicorns are coming down from uh, heaven with bags of money to build the thing, you have to uh, you have to uh, uh, actually and and Met Council won't include that. Met Council no, no. never includes the build out costs because they think that the money was free that they got, but somebody has to pay for that money, and we all know when you build something, you have to pay for it. I think, except in government. So short answer is ridership is down, costs are up, uh, and your subsidy keeps on blowing out of your pocket. Every time you see somebody on that train, just think that costs you six dollars and eleven cents. Yeah, and 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 by the way, you you mentioned that the 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 ridership numbers are, let's just say, a little fuzzy. And and one of the reasons we know it's fuzzy is because students at the U of M who are riding from the East Bank to the West Bank ride free. You climb on, you climb off. Likewise, people at the airport who want to ride from the Humphrey to the Lindbergh climb on, they climb off. It's free. Right. So there's 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 and the U of M alone has to account for 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 hundreds of thousands of these freebie rides, but they get counted. Right. And they can't siphon those off because if you're getting on from the Humphrey terminal, mm-hmm. And you're getting off at the Lindbergh at the Lindbergh terminal. Oh, now it's Terminal One, Terminal Two. They keep wow. changing the damn names. By the way, yeah. that cost us a couple million dollars to change the change all the signs. Of course it did. But uh, but they can't possibly parse out. Okay, who got on and stayed on and went downtown, and who got on and got off? It right. doesn't work that way. Right. They they know that they know someone climbs on the train somewhere and gets off the train somewhere. We think. But that's just the appetizer. Flip over that page. Oh, there's more. Flip over that page. We're going to talk about North Star. Oh, my. The pig of all pigs. You <laughs> think that six, six bucks a ride is a, is, a, is, a, uh, is a bargain? I'll tell you what. It is when you look at North Star. Holy mackerel. Last year, North Star, the per subsidy, remember, you have to include the build-out costs. The build-out costs were $320 million. Tracks and stations mm-hmm. and art don't come free. Oh, that's right. So they went, they were last year, last year, we were subsidizing, a, the net cost per ride was $47.63. This year, it's forty nine fifty two. Wow. We're just inching up so close to net cost of 50 bucks a ride. And the users are paying about 3 bucks for that. It's actually yeah. down. Last year, the riders were paying uh, $3.43. Now they're paying $3.18. So, th- so we're actually getting less money towards the operating cost per ride from riders than we were. What's the ridership uh, ship like on the North Star? Yeah, the rider the riders uh, were paying 2.47 million last year. This this year they paid 2.25 million. The ridership uh, ridership again 
down. They wow. went from 722,000 down to 711,000 riders. Wow. So it's just getting worse. Now, at the bottom of the page, right now, uh, if you included what the subsidy is looking like for Southwest across, and you include North Star, our annual subsidy, if you had Southwest online and, and, and they were burning through money, it would be $72 million every year to pay for this thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just to keep the trains running on time, so to speak. Yeah, and and, and doesn't even count the and that, that doesn't count the uh the bond service, does it? Well, the, the 72 mil would include the bond oh, service. Okay. I'm including bond service. If you don't include that then they, you know, they discount it. I mean, Met Council loves to talk about light rail and say, "Well, we're only subsidizing a dollar six dollar 36 for every ride and the riders are paying about a buck." Right. Because they're not including that actual cost build out. Right, like the tracks are suddenly free and they got written off. Exactly. Yeah, wow. So what's the uh, status of the, the the Southwest light rail? I mean, one day we hear it's dead. The other day we hear that they're they're limping it along a little bit here. What's up? Where's that at? Well, you know, they got into a little trouble because their uh, grant application didn't match the number of dollars that they had that they reported to the legislature. Oh, my. Remember when they were gla- they were panhandling, coming to the legislature, saying, we need money, we need money, and then all of a sudden they sent a grant application and that was because they included the CTIB money when uh, on their on their little bank statement. CTIB money. CTIB was the uh, that's county Tr- county transit improvement board. That's the organization that they blew up so that they could continue and so that met uh, so that Ramsey County and Hennepin County could up their their tax. They currently was a quarter cent. Now they go they get to go up to a half cent because they blew up CTIB. Oh boy! Remember the CTIB used to, was an organization of of the of the metropolitan counties in the in the area that was supposed to be somewhat representative of what transportation was supposed to look like. Well, CTIB was a hindrance to building light rail, so therefore they blew it up. Oh boy! That's okay. what they did. They got rid of it in June, so they divvied up the money, and suddenly Peter McLaughlin got a whole bunch of money. But the current status on Southwest: uh, first, there is still the lawsuit. That is still being adjudicated from the parks folks. Of course, this is the strangest. Uh, this is the strangest ally of all time. You have somebody as conservative as I am, with, rooting on the parks people who are a bunch of liberal to- tofu eaters over in Lake of the Isles because they don't want the train going through their backyard. <laughs> it's very strange. All such a strange bell- bedfellows popping. But I'll I take heard- what I can. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and 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 it's been interesting watching. I hadn't heard much. I had heard something about the uh, uh, alliance between the, the conservatives like yourself and the parks people in regard the the Southwest Light. And then there was the the Riverview Corridor, the attempt to build a light rail train from the airport to downtown St. Paul, because it's too much trouble to take the green, to the Ventura trolley up to the stadium and back over to downtown St. Paul. Boy, Dave Thune and I are on the same page on this. Oh my <laughs> God! You want to talk about talk about bedfellows here? This is the strangest. But he and I both agree it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I don't like light rail for a multitude of reasons. But that that particular line that would go right down West Seventh after oh, Cassetta's built all they did. They 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 would be just destroying the economic vitality of that neighborhood, and uh, they currently have stopped the light rail plan. But now they're trying to put in. Now they want to talk about streetcars. It course. isn't. Why is it that we have to go back to the 19th century to come up with some kind of a solution? And those streetcars are going to be wonderful when it's 25 below zero. Oh I mean, yeah. Who's going to be writing these things? They love to think. These people don't think. It no, drives me crazy. The ones that do. Are I mean St. Paul has a tiny shred more common sense than Minneapolis. We have no Alondra Canos. On but that's the that's a low bar to get over. I didn't say anything <laughs> otherwise. But you had Senator uh, Councilman Dan Bostrom when he was still in office. Uh, I mean a DFLer, a bit of a moderate when it came to the DFL, which is again a very low bar in St. Paul, not as low as Minneapolis. But he he pointed out in, in his opposition to the streetcar plan that the Coleman administration was floating at the at the time, which they're going to attempt to used mm-hmm. to insert in place of the Riverview Corridor, that for the price of these streetcars, which will take people from where they don't want to go to where they aren't, uh, they could resurface every street in St. Paul twice. <laughs> and then it's the main, it's not just build out, then it's the ongoing cost. Yes. And you know what's going to happen. It happens every time. As soon as they realize how much money it costs them, they're going to come to who? 
the legislature yes. to come for a bo- pile of money because we've got it rot- lying everywhere. And by the way, going back to this whole legacy thing, we need to probably get rid of the legacy amendment because the too much silliness is going on. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And that that's all the spending we do down there. We spend entirely too much money in this state, and nobody wants to talk about that. I am. Well, it's about time someone does. Absolutely. Uh, so, and by the way, has anyone talked about... Uh, I, 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 kudos to those of you on West 7th who who got together across party lines uh, to, to go after this idea of a light rail line up West 7th. Because, boy, if you've been on University Avenue lately, uh-huh. oh, boy, I, I, I'm going to... That's going to be a project for this winter is to run the crime numbers since the light rail line opened down University Avenue. Because south of Thomas Avenue... It's just getting worse. Well, and then and then these people think you're cl- you're you're so stupid. They think you are so dumb and gullible. They say, "Well, we look at all the businesses that are open along open along University." I said, "Yeah, for three or four years while you were building it, you were doing nothing but killing the businesses were there. But, but because they're going to show back up again once you start the line, of course it is. But you killed so many businesses. You, there's only one place left to go, and that's up. Well, that and yeah, you're getting businesses within easy walking distance of the places that were chosen as stops, Mm -hmm. but you go halfway between Lexington and Victoria, I wouldn't exactly call it a bustling commercial center down there. Exactly. There used to be businesses there. Now, not so much. 651-289-4488. Can we keep you one more segment, Dave? Sure. Absolutely. We're talking with Senator Dave Osmek, GOP uh, candidate for governor, among others. Uh, Join us, if you will. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. If you're like most people near retirement, you're concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. You hear it here with Sheila Frank from Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. Sheila? It's a real fear among people. You know, Hugh, it really is. The people I talk to are really afraid and wonder how they're going to replace that income and protect the lifestyle that they've worked so hard to create. What's the one crucial thing that people need to consider, Sheila? Hugh, it's really about how are they going to generate income in addition to their Social Security to ensure that they don't have to change their lifestyle that they've worked so hard to accomplish. Are you 100% confident that your money will last as long as you do? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. 763-545-5555. Sheila will help you create a blueprint for income for the rest of your life. Listen to Sheila's radio show Saturdays at 7 a.m. on The Patriot. Call her here at 763-545-5555. Hugh Hewitt is a paid spokesperson and is not a client of Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors or Global Financial Private Capital. I started my adventure in the Air Force Reserve as a payload system operator. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently. It's a very exciting career. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. The most exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a moment. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog shot the dark. Info in for Brad Carlson, who's off on assignment today. He will be back next week, uh, All things, uh, if all things go according to plan. I mean, there's no reason they wouldn't. He's just off on assignment. It happens all the time. I'm uh, enjoying my, my periodic appearance here on the Sunday broadcast. Whole different crowd, whole different vibe, whole different schedule for now. So uh, it's always fun to, to be in Brad's house here. We're talking with Senator Dave Osmeck, who's also a GOP candidate for governor. You were part of a uh, GOP candidates forum on uh, the, on the Evil Five here. I shouldn't say the Evil Five, but on the uh, one of our competitors uh, a couple of weeks ago. How'd that go? It was good. Um, we're having a lot of candidate forums. We had, let's see, the Minnesota Medical Association had us in Rochester uh, last Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, we were up in Bacchus, Minnesota. Uh, on Wednesday, let's see, CD5 had an event over in New Hope. And then Friday, I was up in Two Harbors slogging it through that Boy, did they get, they got snow. Oh, yeah. Cloquet, when they say they got nine inches of snow, they got nine inches of snow. So I've heard. I, I guarantee that. But uh, made it up there, saw them. And we did go do that North Metro. Uh, uh, Tom Hauser was doing it. And um, I love some of the questions he asked. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's as if they are just so tone deaf. And, and I like Tom. He's a good guy. Tom is generally accepted as one of the good ones, one of the very few good political reporters in this state. He does. And I and actually, I appreciate the fact he asked the same question from the Democrats that he asked from the Republicans. And one of the questions re- really, really early out of the gate was, uh, all the Democrats, I asked this question, all the Democrats said that they would support a gas tax increase in Minnesota. <laughs> and they looked at us, or he looked at us and said, Okay, would you get any of you, what, what, what is your answer? Are you going to support a gas tax? And it came to me, and I said, well, I have three best friends of the Taxpayers Award from the Taxpayers League of Minnesota for not raising taxes, and I'm not starting now. <laughs> but then I went on. You have to try and educate the media. You have to try, I tried to educate the room at the same time. I said, why is it you want to fixate on the gas tax? The gas tax is becoming less and less and less relevant. People don't understand this. In the next 10 years, we're going to outpace the the Highway User Distribution Fund, which gas tax is a part of, is going to increase by over, it's going to exceed inflation by 88%. It's almost going to be ahead of inflation by twice. Almost double inflation, right, yeah. Why is that? Well, because there's three components, major components to the Highway User Distribution Fund. This pays for roads. Gas tax. Right. MVEST, which is Minnesota Vehicle Sales Tax, and your tab fees. What continues to go up? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, the price of gas is just booming these days. Wrong. The tab fees, because your vehicle is becoming more and more. When you bought your first vehicle, you paid. how much did you pay for that Pinto? $125 and a case of beer. There you go. Now, I bought, last year, uh, I bought a new truck to replace my other my previous truck. I bought a 20, in 2011, I bought a brand new truck. This, in 2016, I bought another brand new, same same model, silver, Chevy Silverado. Oh, there's your problem right there. Yeah, well, it sucks a lot of gas, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. But uh, I like a nice big truck because I got to carry stuff around. That's so, true. I bought a trip out good in, in 2011 it was about $28,000 tripped out with satellite radio and all kinds of other stuff on okay it. this time i bought a stripped down version all right and it was almost 40,000 base Jeez, price wow so when you look at the sales prices your tabs and your mvest are based upon the valuation and valuations of vehicles continues to go up yep. that's why it's going to outpace inflation why are we talking about the gas tax when we're going to outpace inflation in the highway user distribution fund by almost twice the number. Why are we talking about a gas tax? We shouldn't be talking about that. We should be talking about how much money we've got. We're going to increase in 10 years, people. Three quarters in aggregate, three quarters of a billion dollars of fresh money is coming in. If we have three quarters of a million dollars more of your tax dollars, do you think we need more? Or how about this? We just spend it the right way. That would be a, a novel approach, uh, Senator Osmond, well, certainly. And, and then Tom Hauser, God bless him, he asked the same question of the Democrats, and he asked this question. He said, uh, recreational pot. And we, I, I just rolled my head, and I went, oh, here we go. <laughs> why, why do you think pot is so important? We have, we have roads to fix. We have Minneapolis and St. Paul schools that are abysmal, that are utter failures, and you want to talk about pot. 
Right. And and he said, well, let's see. We, you know, some of the people who answered this question, some of the DFLers that answered the question, actually said they want to have pot because then they can tax it, and then they can use it to pay for schools. I'm going, and I said, my answer was, that's got to be the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That you're going to let people let people use a gateway drug in the form of pot and then tax it because you want to fund schools. This is just stupid because you've got plenty of money for schools. The problem is you tell schools too much what to do and what not to do. Get out of their lives. By the way, I saw this yesterday, and this is something I think needs to be encouraged. I talked about this on yesterday's edition of the show. Osseo School District fired the Pacific Mm -hmm. Educational Group, uh, saying that white shaming isn't necessarily a strategy that leads to a a, a reduction of the achievement gap. Uh, There's your problem, part of your problem right there. You have a lot of really stupid ideas in the Twin Cities public schools, and thank goodness for the people of Osseo realizing this. Well, and what I've said, and I don't sit on any education committees in the Minnesota Senate right now, and I really don't, because my predecessor, she was in the legislature for 30 years in the Senate. She loved education. I, I really am not a big fan of it. I would rather talk energy policy until I'm blue in the face. Right. But <clears throat> I know one thing. The people who run your school districts are called your school boards. They are up for election every right. two years. They have election certificates just like anybody else. Yep. Why are we making more and more rules? The dumbest thing we did in my tenure in the, in the legislature with schools was that stupid bullying law. Yeah. Because we didn't need it. You, what you, all you did was create more paperwork and more administrative overhead to administer a bully program that you already were doing just fine. At Every school district already had this in place. If they didn't, they were idiots. But we know every school district did. You didn't need a law. The bullying law, there's a parallel to the bullying law and the gas tax and the and gun control, for that matter, mm-hmm. one of my pet topics, aren't there because they do any good, aren't there because they solve any problem, at least, least of all the problems that they are stated uh, to be intended to solve, they are there because they beat society into in, into into order. They basically show society who's boss. We're going to tax your gas more because gas is supposed to be taxed. Guns are supposed to be controlled. Bullies are supposed to have laws against them. It's it's the thing to do, whether it does any good or not. Well, and that's why we have to have a fighter in St. Paul. And that's why my candidacy is where I am today, that I am working towards getting making Republicans understand that we have had too many Minnesota nice guys. We have put too, forth too many peop, too many candidates that say one thing and then then in the general election aren't as aggressive and don't fight for our values. I am a fighter. I always have been. You know me, Mitch, from before I even got onto the Senate and the city council in Mount. I was a fighter then. I'm the same guy now, and I'm going to be the same guy all the way through the campaign. Dave Osmick, what's the website to find out more about your campaign? It's osmickforgovernor.com. Osmickforgovernor.com. I'll post that shot in the dark, that info, when I get a moment here. Senator, thanks for stopping by the broadcast. Pleasure as always. Brad Carlson will be back next week. I will be here next Saturday, 1 to 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Thanks for stopping in. God bless you all. God bless America. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area risk-free plus free shipping. Call 800-330-6865. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that calls now gets a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call now, 800-330-6865. 800-330-6865. That's 800-330-6865. You wouldn't wash half the dishes because it saved you money on dish soap. Steammatic reminds you that many companies might save you a little money on cleaning part of an air duct system, but that's like washing half the dishes. Hi, I'm John McNamara, owner of Steamatic of the Twin Cities. We clean the entire air duct system. That's the sure way of controlling your indoor air quality, reducing indoor allergy and asthma triggers, and making sure your business and home are creating the best air quality for work and family. 
While we're cleaning your air ducts, have Steamatic check for mold. We've had a lot of moisture problems this year, and if conditions permit, mold can grow almost anywhere in a home or business. For duct cleaning or mold remediation, it's Steamatic. Steamatic is a local, veteran-owned business, and I've earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So call me and bring your indoor air quality back to where it should be for the winter. Dial 651-481-4991. 651-481-4991. My mission is to be the best when your situation may be at its worst. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. Morehair.com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I need morehair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at I need morehair.com. This is AM 12 Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.